This episode of Make Your Pitch is brought to you by BET. As a business owner, have you ever asked, uh, how is my business ensuring profitability and sustainability? Uh, or does my business drive its growth and agenda through a defined strategy? Maybe also, is there a performance management system in place? If you hesitated to answer any of these questions, you need to take a look at the Business Enabling Toolbox, BET. To find out more about BET, check the show notes of this episode. This is Make Your Pitch. I'm Christopher Knight. And I am Ellen J. Harris. Together, we chat with entrepreneurs with great ideas, looking for investors to back their vision. We want to be sure investors are there as well as to find the next big hit. So let's get started. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of Make Your Pitch. And we're, we're really happy that all of you are here to join us uh, again on this episode. And we thank all of you for uh, subscribing and following uh, this particular podcast because in it comes a lot of uh, information, not only from knowing how to pitch correctly and meeting investors and meeting experts, but learning and watching other people present their products and their ideas as they head toward receiving and achieving investments from the investors that we uh, help them track and they track for themselves. We have many investors that do watch and we have some that we actually send the podcast to. So if you're on our program, you'll get more than just your exposure on the program. Today, we are very fortunate to have someone here to make his pitch by the name of Ethan Glass. Now, Ethan has uh, a lot of experience as far as uh, his, his uh, experience, as far as his life and what he's done in his life. And with that, I'll say that I'm Christopher Knight. And I am Ellen J. Harris. And right now, I'd like for Ellen to tell us a little bit about Ethan so we can get this ball rolling. Thank you, Christopher. We have with us a CEO and co-founder of Park Place. Ethan Glass graduated from Occidental College in 2019 with a degree in both media production and economics. While at Occidental, he was a four-year collegiate athlete co-captaining the soccer team and being recognized with co with conference honors. At Occidental, Ethan rebuilt and directed the entrepreneurship program. In doing so, he brought the program to profitability. Since 11 years old, Ethan worked with his father in sales, selling everything from fabric to toilets. He ventured into design and video production in high school, where he began freelancing and project managing at digital marketing at a digital marketing firm. Ethan is also he's also learned UI UX and sold his research to the largest online camera retailer. In September 2020, Ethan was named to the National Parking Association and He's been uh, recognized in the 40 under 40 group. Welcome, Ethan. And that is, 
that is a that's a mouthful right there, isn't it, Ellen? I tell you for it sure. Is. Uh, right now, it seems like it would be good of us to say, "Okay, Ethan, uh, let's get started." Thank you, and uh, thank you both for having me. Selling parking and being on this uh, show is a little bit easier than selling fabric and toilets, so I uh, do really appreciate it. <laughs> um, so I'll get things kicked off here. So again, I'm Ethan Glass. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Parkplace. Uh, a little bit of background, when we first started Parkplace, our goal was actually to eliminate the parking problem around the LA Coliseum. About three years later, um, we had a lot of success as parking operators. We became very much obsessed with the industry, very passionate about it. And uh, we were continuing to scale that model until COVID hit. Of course, when COVID hit, being in the parking industry, folks on events was not the best place to be. And so what we did was we actually reached out to about 3,000 parking professionals from valets to top CEOs in the industry. And we got to them. In doing so, we uh, found the problems that they had in the past. We have found problems they have right now during COVID and what they foresee having in the future in a post-COVID world. And some themes kept coming up, a lot of around licensing technology for parking operators. And uh, this one key problem um, about managing multiple sales channels kept being a recurring theme. And so at Parkplace, we had found a way to solve that for ourselves. And what we did was we created an inventory management software that allows them to actually manage all of their different sales channels in one place. For a little bit of background on what this problem is more, imagine you're a parking operator, you're tasked with managing multiple different sales channels where you have to change prices each day and you have to monitor your inventory. Some problems you might face is that it's actually impossible to simultaneously adjust your prices and inventory. There's no opportunity to make day-driven decisions. And the worst part is that all this time and energy takes your margins that you're getting from using these different channels and it erodes it away very quickly. So why does this happen? Well, parking is extremely fragmented. It's an industry where there's not just these online sales channels, but there's gated payments when you show up to a garage. There's business intelligence softwares. There's um, access control so um, hardware. And then there's these big data companies that try and come in. And what we identified is with our kind of core competency and our experience in the parking industry, solving this problem for these online channels was uh, our best entry into the market to license technology as a B2B SaaS company. And in doing so, we started partnering up with these top reservation platforms. What we ended up building was pretty much a one-stop shop for parking operators by parking operators. It's a tool that makes it possible, finally, to adjust your prices and inventory with one click. It automates it and allows you to have actionable day-driven decisions. And this tool helps you recapture those margins. And why is now a good time? Well, in parking, this is the first time the solution has been brought. But in other industries, um, such as food delivery, this has actually already been solved. About five years ago, a company called OrderMark out of Los Angeles came to help uh, 
restaurants manage their different um, food delivery services like Grubhub, Postmates, Uber Eats, et cetera. Now in parking, we're having the same problem and that's why Park Place is here to solve it for parking operators. In parking, there's a lot, many more opportunities than just parking cars. I can get into that offline, but uh, essentially our, our tool enables parking garages to manage more sales channels than just what would be traditional for, hey, you get a reservation to park a car. Um, so maybe it's parking other things like scooters or bringing in a ghost kitchen or um, repurposing the facility for other means. And it's also pretty defensible. Um, not only have we partnered with these top reservation platforms to solve problems for them as well, with especially oversolds at these parking facilities, but we've built these key relationships with customers in the industry. Um, we've built a very extensive and strong tech staff. And uh, what we do also is help these parking facilities bring in more sales channels than they had before. And so now with us, they're able to really acquire new revenue streams than they had um, in previous years. And parking is also a pretty large market. Um, it's $30 billion US industry. There's over 50,000 garages in the US alone. Um, Park Police is only targeting 5,000 right now. And for quick reference, uh, we target enterprise deals. And so these uh, parking operators can have 50 to 500 facilities. I mean, if we have, let's just say 10 clients with 500 facilities each, then we can achieve our goal of uh, 5,000 parking facilities um, in the next few years with just 10 clients. Our business model, it's quite simple. So what we do is we charge a licensing fee per location per month. We tier the pricing based off the amount of stalls or parking spots that's in the facility. And our average price looks at being around $300 per month. Um, we also work with sales reps and SDRs who get commission on bringing our platform into new facilities. And uh, we actually have some additional revenue streams we've already been building, such as uh, revenue shares with other parking sales channels and um, repurposing these facilities. But I can get into that more offline too. Our go to market strategy and marketing is really a language span model. We've been fortunate to uh, work with um, someone who is the former head of B2B marketing for one of the largest parking technology companies in the US. Um, she ran their um, department for about three years and she has brought in her expertise to um, really introduce us to this account-based marketing tactic and also helping build a flywheel strategy so that we can successfully um, work with parking operators and grow with them um, pretty fast and efficiently. Um, one of our most successful examples of this was a client we had that we launched originally uh, five locations. And after about 70 minutes of them having access to our platform, we received an email asking to go to their entire portfolio and around 3x um, the amount of location they had live. So that was just one example of uh, this model working very well. And for us, there's not really an incremental charge um, on our end to go from one facility to two facilities. Now, competition-wise, um, I would say our competition could be best described as objections or barriers to entry. A lot of our clients are currently doing some of this work in Excel sheets. Um, they're trying to download CSVs and um, a lot of their data from different, different, from completely different sources. They're calling their account reps at these companies and asking them to change prices for them. And really it doesn't allow for any dynamic pricing or inventory management. 
And so, as you can imagine, there's a lot of money being left on the table. And uh, pretty much once they get past our free trial, it's uh, our competition has not stood too much of a chance after that. So some quick highlights on our team. Um, again, we've all been in parking for a pretty solid amount of time. Uh, we all pivoted this company together. There's five of us internally. Um, each person has deep domain expertise. And um, fortunately, the National Parking Association actually recognized me a few months ago as the youngest ever 40 under 40. Um, that was a testament to our team and our ability to grow relationships in this industry. Um, a lot gets done, fortunately, through the National Parking Association. It's a tremendous organization that helps, uh, helps parking companies like ours break into the industry. And our team is made up of five of us. Um, Alexis Better is our CTO. Nate Dunning runs our operations, and he has been my co-founder since the beginning. Um, and has managed our operations and kept us moving fast and efficiently to move the needle forward. And then we also have front-end and back-end engineer as well, Julian Chan and Leo Conway. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the other parts of our team, um, one of which Sarah, um, who I talked about before, she runs our marketing and uh, she is pretty much a guru of working with parking professionals. And we are very fortunate to work with her. Um, we also have a sales team that has over 40 years of combined experience in the industry as parking operators. So a lot of times they're able to place our product um, with companies they've worked at or are currently working with um, and know that the problem exists and is persistent. Um, with other than our deep Rolodex and Sarah being unbelievable at marketing, we also have uh, a great advisory board made up of uh, people like Dave Burkus, who actually came out as an investor as well, um, as well as Kurt Puschler, who um, formerly sold a parking company, um, and Jeff Wallace, who um, he runs a couple of accelerators up in Silicon Valley and has been instrumental in our success. Um, and then there's a lot more parts of the team that uh, I can talk to more offline too. What we're doing, we're raising a seed round of 500K right now. Um, we don't, Nate and I don't have too many assets, but all of our assets we have, we've put into the company um, as we're pretty young. And so we've put in around 25K um, together and uh, We've raised around $200,000 in the past as well on a mix of safe and convertible notes. Um, this round of 500K, we're raising a $4.5 million cap with a 15% discount rate and 6% interest. Um, talking about our exit, because that's always important. Um, so there are a lot of parking technology companies that continue to acquire each other. Um, parking is a very active M&A space. Um, not only do companies like arrive and flash parking, um, purchase other companies. They actually just merged, which is great for us as we're very close with executives at both companies. Um, companies like Reef came in and was a billion dollar deal with SoftBank. Um, BMW has come in and acquired companies like Park Mobile and then Spot Hero has acquired multiple companies of their own. So as you can imagine, there's a lot of opportunity for us to not only work with these different companies, but also to talk about um, exit strategies and potential acquisitions. Um, in summary, I would just like to conclude with that we are solving a very, very pressing problem in the industry. This is something that we encountered ourselves when we were operators. When we solved it, it actually doubled our revenue in one month and made it so that we no longer had to stay up till three in the morning trying to figure out what to do with these oversold parking um, uh, patrons. And uh, it's a model that, again, we successfully proved 
Um, the parking industry is not only ready, but it is expecting this to be a solution. Um, and so that's why we've got a lot of demand and it helped our pivot um, be very fast and efficient. And uh, of course we have the right team to make this happen, which is always the most important thing. And we're very fortunate for who we have with us. Um, so without further ado, I wanna thank you both again for having me. This was uh, great. Um, set up and you both are doing outstanding things for the industry and helping founders meet funders and vice versa. So thank you again for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for that uh, new tagline. We have founders meet funders like that. Now, I have a question for you. You mentioned um, it was three letters. I think you said SDR. I'm mm -hmm. not familiar with that term. Just help the audience understand what is SDR. Yeah, essentially just a sales rep, um, someone who um, works part-time on a commission basis. Oh, okay. So, okay, it's it's not an acronym for something. It's a real person. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, the question, what do you attribute the demand in parking? Is it regional or strictly your area, or is it, uh, do you observe country across the United States? I'm sorry. Cut out a little bit there. Can you repeat that one more time, please? Sure. Um, the demand for parking, mm -hmm. is it local to where you, your region, or is it prevalent across the United States? So demand for parking for booking reservations or demand for our software? Okay. Your software identifies spaces where I drive up and there's a space I can park in. So what our software does is we don't, we aren't consumer facing whatsoever. And so okay. for the parking operators, rather than them interfacing with their different dashboards and sales channels, what they do is they communicate that through our dashboard. And so let's say prices are at $10 for the hour. They can come in the park place and say, I want to change from $10 to $12. And then what we do is we push that out to all their different channels. And uh -huh. so when the actual end user, the customer or the driver ends up booking, they'll book through someone like Spot Hero or Parkways. And then that reservation will come back through us to showcase to the actual parking operator that they have someone coming in the garage at a given time um, with a given price. So you're an intermediary. Yes, very much so. We, we sit okay. in between um, the parking operator and their sales channels. Okay. All right. Good. Thank you for helping me understand that. I understand it from the, the, the one who does, who parks <laughs> when I'm in the city, uh, but to hear what goes on behind the scenes is very interesting. So thank you for that. Christopher, do you have a well, question? Do, do you, uh, do you think actually the program itself, I think though, do you think the program itself will be able to be utilized in uh, virtually any city. Uh, and I, I think uh, we may have talked about this before, but uh, I live in a, a city of maybe, uh, I don't know, uh, I think it's 225,000. And uh, as far as parking places, you know, downtown, we have a few parking garages. Uh, when you get out away from downtown, there's very few parking lots you have to pay for. So, uh, do you think this is something that's more of a metropolitan type directed uh, uh, concept, or do you think it works anywhere in the country? Before you answer that question, let's take a break so we can hear a sponsor for this episode. Mm -hmm. 
I have just set up our customer relation management system using CRM Engine, not just for its many options, but because its price is well below that of the big boys. The CRM Engine team set up all that we needed to keep track of our contacts, including those who are scheduled to pitch, our investors, and strategic partners. We now know when we met, what was said, when to follow up, and includes an auto email system to stay in touch timely. It keeps us focused on what makes Make Your Pitch what it is, the people. So to learn how to keep your business in touch with your clients using CRM Engine, go to the show notes of this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome question. So right now we're already in around 10 cities. So um, those are larger metropolitan areas. There is definitely a difference between for us like tier one markets and tier two markets where there's not as many reservations going on and there might be lower cost parking. Um, for our customers, whether they are getting hundreds of reservations per day or whether they're getting 10, it's still important for them to use us because we don't, we make it so they no longer have to limit their amount of sales channels. And so if they're doing unpaid parking or if they're um, just looking to um, take cars off the road, um, they can utilize our system as well. And so Custom clients of ours have found different purposes um, and different use cases and reasons that they love working with us. Um, but to answer your question there, um, we are more in metropolitan areas right now in like those kind of tier one markets. Um, but we do have some locations that are set up um, in what we consider kind of tier two less um, frequented parking areas as well. How many uh, actual uh, clients do you have uh, on board right now? Yeah, so we have around four clients right now that have given us um, close to 15 facilities. Um, right now, we're also working on expanding with those clients and getting into more of their facilities. And um, we're proposing a couple of deals um, as we speak that uh, can bring us anywhere from 100 to 500 um, in the next couple of months. So by the end of Q1, our goal is just to have 250 onboarded. Um, by the end of this year, we want to have 1,000 locations onboarded in live. And right now, we're very much on target to do so. Do you, do you change your pricing structure based on the size of the parking lot? I think I heard you say that it's $300 uh, for your platform. I assume that's per parking, uh, parking location. Uh, but do you, do you alter it due to size at all? Yes. So... Fortunately, because of the, uh, the companies we work with and them being quite large, we do have the ability to talk to them about um, discounts at bulk. Um, for us, it's great because we can get more locations live at once. And for them, they can get a little bit of a discount and help um, their customers, which is really the parking owners, the parking lot owners. And so um, that's been something that we've definitely had discussions with, with clients. And um, it's something where we are not averse to bulk discounts, but um, pricing has not been um, too much of an obstacle for our customers so far. And um, as we continue to improve the product and roll out further, we're also going to be introducing more um, packages and subscriptions that they can they can do based off of what their needs are as a parking facility. Uh, give me an example of other packaging. I'm not sure I mm -hmm. follow that. Go ahead. Yeah. So right now. Um, what Parking Opera can do on our platform is 
essentially equivalent to what they could do on each of their different sales channels, just all in one place. So rather than they do something 10 times, they do it once. Um, in the future, we can roll out different, pro um, different features on our roadmap, such as bringing in a repurposing option to bring in lease deals for maybe a car dealership needs to drop off 100 cars for six months. And so taking advantage of our other opportunities and um, consulting packages as well, and, and really other ways to kind of just improve their facility overall is something that uh, has already been in the works and we've kind of done on an ad hoc basis so far, but could end up becoming just um, features in the product for upsells. Right. Do you do you allow all the parking apps? Uh, do you allow all of them to be in, in uh, integrated into the program, or are you making deals with the various ones to be a part of your program? Mm -hmm. So, multiple different sales channels have given us revenue shares um, already. We already have those set up. Um, a lot of it's based on a delivery basis on our end. And so when we can introduce new inventory, um, allow them to sell more spaces per location, bring them into new locations they couldn't get into before, um, we're very much, much for them a cost to acquire more inventory. And so they can see that as an opportunity um, to instead of having a salesperson just focusing on trying to get two more spaces at 10 locations, they can just work with us, get those automatically. And additionally, cut down on some of their time with customer service problems um, because as you can imagine when um, a lot has 50 spots, but 65 people show up, um, the lot has to turn someone away. And so if some of those were booked online ahead of time where they thought they had a guaranteed space, then they have to go call that company, get a refund, get count credits for the future to try and stay as a user on their app. And uh, this ends up costing those companies quite a bit of money. And so we prevent that problem from happening. And um, that's been something that continues to improve our partnerships and relationships with these people and these technology companies. We're very impartial. Um, so we kind of look at this as like a Switzerland of parking. And uh, that's only helped us and our partners and our customers at the same time. So it's a very much uh, kind of all in one type of uh, solution. Has that allowed that, that to also be uh, one of the profit centers or are you really just doing it in order to build the other side? Uh, it seems to me like there's two profit centers there. Oh yeah, it, completely. You said it perfectly. Um, it's profit center. It's also uh, really shipbuilding. And so we've actually had our partners make introductions to customers for us. And so that's been something that in parking since relationships are everything. Um, when we have a partner who does hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars for these parking facilities, um, when they make an introduction and say, you should utilize park place, that carries a lot of weight as well. So if you, you say you're making, uh, uh, you want uh, a thousand by the end of the year, and that's gonna, I don't know what the discount might be for some of the larger people, but you're saying $300 uh, for that. Now, does that include any uh, monetization on the parking app side? Or is that just on the app for the parking lot itself? So that is just for the app for the parking lot itself. And so um, that's for the parking operator, whoever's managing those facilities. Um, and, and then in addition to that is where we bring those incremental revenue streams from every transaction. We can take a percentage of it from um, the 
parking app platform that actually books it if we bring them into the facility and provide them value. So mm. on, on the base for a thousand locations, that could be $300,000 in MRR. And then on top of that would be um, any additional revenue. Okay. How do you arrive at your, uh, your uh, 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 cap value? Our, oh, sorry, value cap the deal? Right. Yeah, so that's been worked out from a mixture of our advisors, um, investors as well, and based off of our projected revenue. And so um, looking at saying what our different cash flows will look like in the next quarter, um, our trajectory of growth, as well as our past money raised. Um, that's how we've got to the four and a half cap. And that's right now we're in conversation with a few different investors on closing that deal shortly. Okay. All right. And it, I'm sorry, Ellen, go right ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Keep going. Well, I just, uh, I'm wondering now, when you are talking about the other investors, what exactly do you think excites them about your program to make them want to invest in the, in the program? Mm -hmm. What's yeah, the trigger? A what's, the, what's the trigger point? Yeah. Well, it's definitely not my looks. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. we, when, uh, what's exciting investors is our momentum. Um, we've been moving very fast. We, um, showed early signs of product market fit even before we had a product out. And so, now that our product is in, um, in production, it's ready, it's live for customers. Um, and we actually do have customers who are very excited using it and who will give us raving reviews to these investors. Um, that's been extremely exciting for them. Um, we have brought in interest from customers investing um, and strategic investors. We've brought in um, different cities who want to have conversations too. And so that has all just been continuing building up. Um, I think it's a testament to our team as well. And, um, having a group of people who went through a full pivot together in a very difficult time and um, was able to come out stronger in the end. And so we're still very much um, making headway in this space and um, there's still a lot, tons of room to grow. But investors have, uh, have really seen the story and um, the resilience of each person in part place and um, kind of team we have, not just internally, but externally as well. And so... There's a lot of factors that the momentum just keeps building and uh, a lot of them are wanting to get in before it's a little bit too late. Have you defined your target for acquisition? Uh, what revenue level do you need to be at in order to look at an acquisition proposal and say yes to it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. So at a thousand locations by the end of the year, um, that puts us in a very good position to start having negotiations over being acquired. Um, now, why would a parking technology company acquire us for a thousand locations? So if you imagine like a hardware company is only limited to the data in the scope of the facilities that their hardware is installed. And these are 10 year deals where um, if someone installs a piece of parking hardware equipment, they might not think about new hardware for eight to nine years. And so for those companies to see data and understand what's possible in other parts of the city or the country is a big reason they would look at acquiring us. Um, software companies have talked about it as well from uh, being able to access data um, and standardize it through our platform to solve problems for them. They can't do in-house to talk to other technology companies that weren't possible before. And so these are some of the conversations we've had around that space. Um, additionally, 
other players have come into parking with um, to come in for acquisitions. There's um, opportunities for OEMs in the automobile and automobile industry to uh, to continue acquiring parking companies. Um, obviously, SoftBank has come in and um, turned the reef into a real real estate play. And so um, we have not taken any um, any of these conversations off the table. We do have a um, strong roadmap that after a thousand locations we'll be in a position to start negotiating um, and looking at our exit. And so um, 5,000 locations in the next few years um, is our trajectory. And if we can reach a thousand this year, we'll be very much on target to do so. Excellent. Okay. So my next question has to do with your uh, growth rate. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, there's there's um, always a danger with a, hot startup some a startup that has a product or service that's really attractive to the marketplace how are you managing your growth Mm -hmm. yeah that's (laughs) always very important so that's why i think it's always important to have a team that's diverse not only in um many areas but also in thought and so we are constantly keep each other um accountable for um, not growing too fast, not going too slow, moving the needle forward towards our objectives and our key results. Um, that's always at the top of mind for us. Um, Nate, my co-founder, is very much responsible for uh, for keeping everyone day to day moving forward and um, achieving our goals. Um, we have people like Julian Chan on our team who is exceptional with the product, and he works a lot on the back end and um, continuously helps us understand what limitations may be there, as well as opportunities. Um, we also have a team of ours, Leo Kali, um, who does a lot of our front end work, but also um, will test features um, in very unique creative ways before we actually build them for customers. And so there's always that balance of not building features too fast, not building features too slow, and ensuring that um, the value that we are creating that we can actually not only deliver, but extract value as well, because our company has to make money and that's important to grow. And also leading towards that end goal um, of acquisition and, uh, and making sure that we are always attentive to delivering the highest value to our customers. That's always top of mind in, in a relationship industry like ours. Um, everyone talks to each other. And so we uh, have to make sure that um, we treat everyone with uh, the utmost importance. Last question. How are you managing the balance between growth and delivery? Uh, are you using technology to assist the company with with the managed growth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm sorry, are you asking for our company or for yeah, our customers? For your company. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, we use many subscriptions. Um, they're all very much on you know, limited free trials. And so we were, we, um, all of our communications don't through Slack um, internally. Um, okay. We're very fortunate for that product. Um, Asana we use for our project management. Um, we work with um, Zapier to automate some of our processes, which um, is all very meta as we automate processes for our customers. And then we, um, we use G Suite um, for um, hosting our documents as well as email and all of our different servers. We use HubSpot marketing automation. Um, so we have a whole mixture of technologies involved, but 
Um, yeah, we, we feel that it's important for us to, to also look at those systems, understand what, what, what value we get from them so that we can ensure that our user experience is, is as optimal as can be. And there's no reason to reinvent the wheel. So. Okay. Ethan, I know uh, we could probably go on forever <laughs> yes. asking questions right now. But as it turns out, we, uh, we need to come to a close on this episode. And so let me, uh, let me just ask uh, very briefly, is there any, uh, in the next 30 seconds, anything you'd like to say uh, to future investors in that 30 seconds? Go right ahead. Yeah, thank you. So right now we do have some offers on the table. Um, we're currently in closing state, in closing negotiations with um, an accelerator as well as a few more investors. Um, we don't have an exact timeline of when all this round will be closed, but um, it is starting to move faster and faster. Of course, in conjunction with our um, traction, um, getting momentum as well. And so now is a great time to have a conversation whether right whether this round is the right one or or a future round. Um, these conversations um, are never too early to have. And so we welcome anyone to reach out. Um, additionally, I just want to take the last couple of seconds to thank you both again, Christopher and Ellen, for having me. Um, again, I really appreciate it. And uh, I really support what you're doing for entrepreneurs. So thank you. Right. Thank you so much, Ethan. I, Ellen and I both appreciate that very, very much. Uh, and this has been, this has been wonderful. Uh, I have, I've learned a lot. And I know that those are that will be watching have learned a lot. And I also know that the folks who are planning to come on to make your pitch have seen someone who has his details and his information in order. He knows what he, where he is. He knows his numbers. And those two things alone are critical to an investor. So for right now, uh, I'd like to say thank you, everyone, for being uh, a part of this episode and listening to this episode. We will be back again uh, next week with another episode. So make sure you tune in at that time. But as we always say before we close, make your pitch. <laughs> absolutely. Talk to you next week, folks. See you then. If you enjoyed today's episode of Make Your Pitch, go smash the subscription button. And if you want, leave us a five-star review. If you think you have what it takes to be on one of our episodes, contact us by going to the show notes to learn how. But most of all, be with us again next week for another episode of Make Your Pitch.